0: But let's pray. Lord, thank you for fun. But Lord, that is, I guess, the message of what we've been looking about. That is about looking at ourselves in the mirror. When you spoke those words in the Sermon on the Mount, Lord, you said, take a look at yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror. See what you see. And all the changes that need to start in us. And Lord, that's why you came. That's why you rode into Jerusalem on the donkey. That's why you Overthrew the tables, that's why you went to the cross. That's why you prayed, Father, forgive them. And then, my God, why have you forsaken me? And into my hands I commit, my spirit. And Lord, you, die it is finished. And you did all that for, for each one of us. So that when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we can see you looking back at us. And Lord, as we look into your word today, and as we continue to share the series as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, Lord, bring that change in us. It's got to start with me. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you, and Spirit of God, we thank you because we know as we open your word now, you're going to speak to us, for we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. When was the last time you got really angry? I'm not talking about just irritated. I'm talking about really angry. You know when you lose it? You know when when something just comes from inside and you just like, ah, and you just lose it. You ever been there? You're in church, remember, we're not all saints, we're sinners gathered together. All of us, at some point, get angry, don't we? Jesus has been speaking to us about the blessings that we receive. And he talks about those eight blessings. But then he goes on, and it's like those blessings, he said, if you do these eight things, blessed are the The poor in spirit, blessed are the humble and the meek and so on in Matthew chapter 5. And as we carry on, if we do those eight things, he says, you're going to receive the blessing of God. But then he goes on and he says, you know, but there are some things that are going to get in the way of you receiving that blessing. And number one, anger. He puts it at the top of the list. Now, why? Why does he put it at the top of the list? I was in a motorway service station two days ago, three days ago, get it right. Saw this little boy that was there with his father, he was in a high chair, they were sitting having food. I don't know what was going on, I was just looking over, I I was having a cup of coffee with Inika and we were just looking. This little kid was there. And obviously something didn't quite go right in his life, because he did what all little kids do. He started flopping. You know the little kids flop; they just kind of—I don't know—it's like their, their bones disappear and they become like jelly, don't they? And then he goes wah like this, and he started flopping over the side of this chair. And his and his uh, his father was there, and then he started crying, wah rah, rah, like you know. So his father did what all good fathers do. Took out the dummy and shoved it straight in his mouth. Get him to shut up. But he wasn't happy. So he spat the dummy out. Started more flopping. And then his father's like, don't you start flopping at me. So he starts, you know, shoved the dummy back in his mouth. The wife then came. I don't know where she was, but she must have been doing a bit of shopping or something. But she came and she sat down and she took her coffee off of the tray and she put it a gnat's breath within reach of this child and this child saw his moment. I'm not going to just have flopping and dummy in my mouth. This child just went boom like that with a coffee. I won't tell you what happened next. But it was interesting because I was thinking about this zone of anger And what Jesus talks about when we get angry, you don't have to teach a child how to do anger, do you? There's something within them that they're born with that they learn or I don't know where it comes from, but they know. That child knew that he could get, you know, his attention by knocking that cup. He was so angry that when he saw the cup there, he went, "Ha, ha, revenge. The revenge of the hot coffee cup. Boom. Gone. Jesus said these things. You've heard it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. Judgment being in the courts. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment in the courts. Again, Anyone who says to his brother or sister, raka, raka means you're an idiot, right? Means empty-headed, you just got nothing upstairs. Anyone who says that will be answerable to the Sanhedrin, to the leaders, the religious leaders. But anyone who says you fall will be in danger of the fire of hell. Now, to say you fall to someone in the context where in Jesus' day was a lot worse than it is today. When we say it's not, oh you fool, what do you go do that for? It's a nothingness, it's just like, you know. But in their day it meant that you're so kind of I don't know how to put it, but but that it's it's kind of saying that that you're not even worthy to be part of the kingdom of, of Israel, right? That you're so kind of empty headed, you're so silly. That we we want to throw you right out the family, right? That's that's kind of the intention of what it was meaning, that you're no longer worthy to be part of the people of Israel anymore. We're going to get rid of you. That's that's how ridiculous you are. And he's saying if you say that to someone else, you're going to be in danger of the fire of hell. Now this is extreme, isn't it? Now we could say we can understand that when he says you murder, then you're going to be subject to the courts. Well, that's that's. But what about angry? Like, How many times do we get angry? Hand it up if you've been angry in the last week. Come on, be honest, right? We're not judging one another, right? And, and it, Jesus is saying, you know what? It's just as bad to be angry as it is to murder, isn't he? He's putting them in the same category. So what's, what's going on here? What's he really talking about? Why is it? So serious. Now, Jesus is not saying that if you insult someone once, you're going to end up in hell. What Jesus is really doing here is he's saying, you know what, anger is a real problem. And it's so serious that we need to deal with it. In fact, it's so commonplace. It's such a serious issue because anger is one of those things that will block the blessing of God in your life. You can go through all those eight blessings and say, you know what? I'm going to have a poverty of spirit. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But if there's anger in your life, and then he goes on to list five other things that we'll look at in the weeks to come. But if this anger is in your life, then that will block all the blessing. You can do those eight things. You have anger. You won't see the blessing of God. Because the anger, will, it's like a garden full of flowers. Somebody described it like this. And those eight beatitudes, the eight blessings, are the flowers that are coming in. And what we get now are the weeds. And you know when you've been in your garden, you look, and what do you see? You'll see one weed amongst eight flowers. Because it, it comes up in between it, and it intertwines around it, and it's, it's hard to get rid of. And you know the difference when you look at eight beautiful flowers in a bed where there are no weeds. Or eight flowers where there are weeds all around it. And Jesus said you need to get rid of the weeds. Get the weeds out. And anger, he said, is the chief one. Deal with it. He said it's serious. It's a serious business. In Luke That is the problem. In a nutshell, that is the issue. When we get angry, what we speak in those moments is what is inside. And that's why it's so serious. When you get angry, you don't just grab any old thing to say. You speak in a kind of an un- unstructured and unfiltered way what really is inside, which is why it's so scary sometimes when we really get angry. Because we hear what's coming out, but we'll come on to that. But Jesus says, you know what? It's serious. It's a serious business and we need to do something about it. Jesus got angry. Because not all anger is necessarily wrong. On Palm Sunday, Jesus entered the temple. He came in on the donkey, Hosanna to the highest. He went straight into the temple. He entered the temple courts and he drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer. But you are making it a den of robbers. There are times when Jesus got angry. So not all anger is necessarily wrong. But what anger is, is it reveals what's going on inside. Anger is a response to whatever endangers something we love. When something we love Looks like it's going to get hurt or damaged in some way. We get angry. That's just our natural response to it. Someone else wrote it like this. Anger is love in motion. To deal with a threat to someone or something we truly care about. Now the issue is, what is it we're really loving when we get angry? Jesus loved the temple. Jesus loved his father and the people there, the leaders, were doing things that prohibited others from worshipping God. And so he got angry. And God says, that's, that's absolutely fine because his anger was, he loved his father so much. God hates sin. we am going, oh, you shouldn't be hating anything. No, hating sin is good because sin separates us from the love of God. And we should be... Uh, uh, find it abhorrent and hate sin. We should love the things that God loves. We should care about the things that God cares about. The problem with when we get angry is so often what is causing our anger? You say something nasty to me, I get angry. Why? Because I think, how dare they say that? the pastor of this church how dare they say that to me who do they think they are saying things like that and I get angry now where is the source of my anger it's the fact that I think you don't are not respecting me and treating me how I think you should be treating me so I get angry when my children were young man they know how to push buttons don't they kids why do you get angry well, sometimes I was watching television and then they start fighting. Oh, it's the best bit. Oh. And you get angry. Why do you get angry? Because they're interrupting my time and my space. They're inconvenient to me right now. And so I'm angry. I'm angry that they, they're not giving me the time and the space that I think I deserve. So I get angry. Now, is that good anger or bad anger? Do you see what I'm saying? Anger will show you what you truly love. Someone cuts you up in the car. Stop banging the horn. And then you pray like crazy that they'll have a puncture five miles down the road and you can pass them by and go, ha, see God did that. No. Why are you angry? You get angry because you love your car more than you love that driver? You see what I'm saying? Think about. You see, anger is not in and of itself wrong. But the thing about anger is it points, it points to what's going on inside. And that's not always good. You see, we get angry when our identity is attacked. When our significance is attacked. Our approval is attacked. Our security is attacked. Our self-worth is attacked. And our response is to get angry and try and defend. Anger. What does it say about who you are? But anger is so serious too because it affects our relationship with God. Jesus carries on in this passage and he says, therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there, remember, your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. Why? Because anger... If we get angry with someone else, it affects our relationship with Jesus Christ. Forgive us our trespasses as, you know that one? As we forgive those who trespass against us. We're all interconnected. God, I want you to forgive me as I forgive others. How much forgiveness is there when you're really angry? About zero because you're so upset you're so angry you're so irritated that your emotions are just coming out from inside and if you're angry with other people it will impact your relationship with god so jesus says you know what when you find yourself angry go before you before you even come to worship god go sort that out because as you sort that out with other people then your relationship will be open again with God when you come to worship. Go, sort it out, he says, so that it doesn't affect your relationship with God. Just before this passage, Jesus said these words. He said, for I tell you that unless your righteousness, your right relationship with God, surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Why does he say that? He says that because so often what we do is that we minimize the seriousness of these things. I get angry with Tim. Hey, everybody gets angry with Tim. You know? Polita gets angry with me. Hey, well, she has every right to get angry with me, so there's nothing wrong with it. I get angry with my kids. Well, they deserved it. They were irritating. They certainly deserved it. If they behaved better, I wouldn't have got, had to get angry with them. You know what we do? We're downplaying what anger is. We're justifying our anger. We're saying, you know what? It doesn't really matter. And that's what the the problem with the Pharisees was. You know what? Jesus says, you say, if you murder, then that's bad. But I tell you. And Jesus does that all the way through this passage. You say these things, I'm going to tell you something else. Because what you're doing is just saying, well, I don't murder. Hands up if you've murdered anyone in the last week. I'm looking a bit nervous, but thankfully. See, so we can all tick that box. You know what? I've not murdered anybody last week. Hands up if you felt like murdering someone in the last week. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's, let's not look. But you see what Jesus is saying. You know what? We can easily just downgrade it and say, well, I, I am murdered, so I'm okay. But Jesus says, you're not okay. Because your relationship with the Father is going to be hurt. You're not going to be able to receive the blessings that I long to give you if you harbor anger in your heart. And if you don't deal with it. That's why he says you need to surpass what they're teaching you. You need to get to the core of the problem and deal with that. Because, you see, unchecked anger escalates. Your anger doesn't go away. That's one of the problems with anger. You know, we say that time heals things. It doesn't. What happens is your anger just becomes rooted He says this, settle matters quickly. He gives this example at the end of this passage. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who's taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you've paid the last penny. Jesus is saying, you know what? Anger will escalate. What will happen is when you get angry in one situation, if you don't deal with it, it stays there and it festers. That's why in Ephesians 4, it says, do not anger. In your anger, do not sin and do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. It's a good passage for couples. Don't let it fester. Why? Because when it festers, this is what happens. In Hebrews 12. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. When anger is not dealt with, it forms a bitter root inside of you. It will stay there and it will burrow its way down. And it will grow and grow and grow. You know some of those weeds in your garden? You just can't get rid of them, can you? You pull them up and what happens? The stem breaks deep down. And then before long, it's up again. And you snap it off. You can't get the root out. You can't go deep enough to get it out so that it's no longer a problem. And that's what happens with anger. The root goes down and down and down, and it becomes a bitter root that causes trouble. Unchecked anger just escalates. It might hide itself for a while, but it will come back again and again and again. We need to deal with it. So how do I deal with anger? Firstly, you need to analyze the anger. I said, there's different kinds of anger, right? Jesus got angry. But his anger, you need to analyze where is your anger coming from? What is going on? What is making me so defensive, so upset right now? Where where is it? What's what's going on really behind my reaction? What is happening? I heard about... uh, Abraham Lincoln, his uh, right-hand guy in in the government in those days, somebody really said something nasty to him. And he went, right, I'm going to get him. And so he wrote this really terrible letter. And And he showed it to Abraham Lincoln. He said, you know that guy who said all these things? Has someone attacked your pride? Attacked your ego? Has someone attacked... Your self-worth, and you're upset with that. Is somebody, what are they attacking? Are they attacking your things? Or or the niceness of which you've got your life sorted, and they're, they're causing trouble within that, and so you're getting angry. What is it that's really going on inside of you? What am I loving so much right now that my heart is moved to feel angry? Those are the questions you need to ask yourself so that you can start to unpack really what's going on inside of yourself. What's causing this? Why? Why am I getting angry in these moments? What's going on? Ask God to help you. Ask God to reveal those roots for you. Psalm 139, search me and know me. Lord, Know, know what's going on. Lord, as you know me, help me to see really what's going on inside of myself. So that I may understand. Understand why I get angry in these situations. Understand why I lose it in certain places. Look for patterns. As I said, you know, children will know the buttons to push. They just know them. I don't know why. I don't know whether God comes and whispers them to them. I don't know quite how that works. But they know. And we know with other people too. I could get my wife angry just like that, right? I know what makes her angry. I know what to do. And she can do the same for me. She knows exactly where to push. 31 years of marriage, it teaches you a thing or two. She knows. And I bet you know with people around you too. You know what makes them angry. You know what diffuses situations. But in yourself, look for patterns. When was I angry? What caused it? When was I angry the time before that? What what was going on there and the time before that and the time before that? Because as you look for the patterns, it will help you to analyze and see what is really going on inside of you. It might not be exactly the same situation, but actually it's going down to the same root and the same cause inside. And fourthly, be honest with yourself. That's really hard. Because we want to justify ourselves and we want to say, you know what, everybody's doing it and, and it's not my fault and these people should know better and this and that and the other. But in those moments, just be honest and say, Lord, you know what, I want to change I don't want to miss all the blessings that you have for me when I go through a poverty, a spirit, and a meekness, and a humility, and, and, a, a, and I'm a peacemaker, and all these other things. I don't want to miss that because I'm too busy getting angry, and I have this unresolved anger and bitterness inside of me. Lord, show me. Help me to be honest with myself. Analyze the anger. Where is it coming from? Jesus' anger always, always came because people were abusing God. I wish my anger always came because people were abusing God. But honestly, that's not generally the case. And so I need to hold my hand up and say, you know what, when I get angry, Lord, help me. Help me to find out why so that I can let you deal with it. The why, the analyzing of your anger is like digging that root. It's getting down there to figure out where the root is so that you don't just snap it off and it regrows, but that you can allow God to root it out. Analyze it. Second, that you need to feel Sorrow. When you find out what it is that is making you angry, what, what underlying thing it is that is really going on, there comes that moment where we need to feel sorrow. Lord, I want to change. Whoop. In 2 Corinthians 7, it says this, even if I caused you sorrow in my letter. This is Paul writing. He'd written a previous letter that had upset the Corinthian church and he said this even if i caused you sorrow by my letter i do not regret it though i did regret it i see that my letter hurt you but only for a little while yet now i am happy not because you were made sorry but because your sorrow led to repentance for you became sorrowful as god intended so that, and so were not harmed in any way by us godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation And leaves no regret. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and brings no regret. We need to feel sorrowful about getting angry. We need to say, Lord, this is not right. I do not want to be angry. I don't want to be angry with anything except the things that you want me to be angry about injustice in our world and poverty and and all these other things that we see in our world. Those are the things I should be angry about, not people who cut me up in their cars or children who irritate me because they take my time away or people who, who mess up my nicely ordered life or whatever it is. Lord, make me sorrowful about the things I get angry about. Because that sorrow is the motivation that leads to repentance. Repentance means, Lord, remove this anger from me. I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't want to explode when these things happen. I don't want to have these buttons that people can push that get me really upset. Lord, change me. And as we repent, as we say, Lord, I want to change. I want to be different. Then that leads to salvation. That leads to a transformation within us. Be filled with the love of Jesus. When you take anger out, it's like when you take a weed out the garden, you leave a hole. And if you don't fill that hole with something like a flower... Another weed is going to drop into it. So you need to fill it with something. When, when you release that anger and you feel sorrowful and, and you say, Lord, change me, you have to ask him at the same time, Lord, fill me. Fill me with your love. Transform my anger from anger into love in my life. Sorry, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Just as it describes in the scriptures that anger is rooted deep within us. So when we unroot the anger, we can root ourselves in the love of Christ. That's how you change anger in your life. When you see it, you analyze it. When you understand it and you understand its roots, you then come to the Lord and say, Lord, transform me. It may take a while, but transform me. Every time I start to feel angry, Lord, transform my anger. Lord, I understand now what's going on. Change me. Change the core of who I am. And as you remove that from me, fill me with your love. Root that deep inside of me so that instead of anger, I feel love. Instead of hatred and bitterness, I feel compassion and mercy and peace. Lord, fill me with your presence. James, he says these things, James 1. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. And in Colossians, in Colossians 3.8, he says, now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. And then he carries on. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. You get angry. You Get really angry. In those moments, just try and stop. Take a step back. Take a deep breath. Say, Lord, what's going on? Why am I angry? What is happening inside of me? Because, Lord, this is not good. It's not from you. Lord, I want to be righteous. I want to stay in a right relationship with you. I want all the blessings that you want to pour into my life. So, Lord, search me and deal with my anger. And, Lord, replace those angry feelings with feelings of love. Feelings of compassion, feelings of kindness, feelings of you. You know what? Jesus, when he was on that cross, he had every right to be so angry with you and me. We nailed him there. It was because of you and me that he went. He had to go. What did he do on the cross? He say these stupid people. They don't deserve this. They don't deserve that. They're not even, they're a half-hearted bunch anyway. No, he said, Father, forgive them. Father, keep blessing them. Father, I'm going to die so that they don't have to. Father, I'm going to suffer all of this so that they can receive the blessing. Because unless he went to the cross, there'll be no blessing for you and me. Jesus showed us how to deal with anger. He said you don't have to give in to it. Let the Spirit of God root it out and bring transformation in your life. You see, you can be like this or you can be like that. God's Spirit will give you the help that you need. You know, it's easy for me to stand here and say, don't be angry. None of us want to be angry, do we? But what we can do is say, Lord, let's pray. Just pray with me. Lord, we know that anger is so tough. Lord, we don't want to be angry. We don't want to have that bitterness, those roots tying us down. But lord sometimes sometimes some situations and some people just push the buttons and we explode and we get scared because we realize lord who we are we realize what's in our hearts And Lord, as we look up to the cross, we recognize you had every right to be angry to us, at us. But there was no anger within you. People even jeered at you, said, hey, if you're the son of God, you can call all your angels to protect you. You did nothing. Because you knew the journey you needed to take. And you have promised us the power of your spirit, the power that created the universe, the power that rose you from the dead, is available for each of us to transform that anger into genuine love. Lord, I ask today that all of us who struggle with anger, that today, Lord, would be a break. That we would go from this place different. Yes, there will be times when we will get angry again. But in those moments, help us to take a step back to analyze what's really going on in me. Why am I getting so angry? And Lord, then to come to you and say, Lord, change my heart, O Lord. Make it ever true. Change my heart, O Lord. May I be like you. You're the potter, I'm the clay. Mold me and make me this, I pray. Change my heart, O Lord. I want to be like you. And, Lord, I ask today that if any of my brothers and sisters here, Lord, if they're right now remembering things in this last week, Lord, forgive them. Maybe they need to go and say something to someone. Give them that opportunity to bring unity where there's division. And healing when there's pain. So that we may be like you, Jesus. For Lord, we want to receive every single blessing. Everything that you have stored up for us. Remove the weeds of our lives. So that we may receive everything you died to give us. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen.